I welcome the new city online. This is Tammy. And this is Ron. And we are so happy to see you today. And whether you're worshiping from home or from a socially distanced beach chair, we are so glad that you're part of the New City family. And one of the best ways you can engage in this format is by dropping a comment in the chat section on Facebook or our YouTube page. So go in there, say hi to someone you know, maybe even share a little bit about what God's taught you through this series. Yes, that's right. Just take a moment, say hello. You can even put in the chat if you like Ron's shirt. This is a great shirt. Well, we'll see in just a moment if your shirt has any fans out there. Hey, we have a great service today. So stand up from wherever you are and let's worship together. Hey, we're so glad you're joining with us today. Ephesians chapter two. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. We want to ask you to join us in worship of a great God today. There were walls between us. By the cross, you came and broke them down. Broke them down. There were chains around us, by your grace we are no longer bound, no longer bound. You call me out of the creek, you call me into the light, you call my name and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater, your love is Your love is stronger, your love is 
All right, so today we want to teach you a new song, a song that can find you in any place, right? You could be in a, a valley situation, you could be on a mountaintop, but the fact remains the same, that God is still worthy to be praised. And so we're hoping that this song sort of sticks in your mind. It has that stickability, if you will. Be blessed by it. I search the world But it couldn't fail me A man's empty praise And treasures that fade I never in love Then you came along Put me back together is now satisfied hearing your love hope is nothing better than you hope is nothing better than you hope is nothing nothing is better
Jesus, the Nazarene, in wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean, singing
Hey again, you city. I love the words to that last song that we sang. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love to me. And speaking of worship, we had someone from our new city family share the online service with someone they're connected with down in Florida. And this gentleman, he's 95 years old, and he was actually part of the big band era of the mid-1900s, where they were about jazz and swing music. He's recently become a believer and has started watching New City Online each and every week. So we just want to say a special welcome to you. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed the worship. That is so cool. Well, hey, we are a church on a mission. We want to be a community of Christ followers bringing gospel renewal to our city and our world. And that's what we're about. We're about bringing the new life of Jesus to those in our city and in our world. And New City, thank you so much for your commitment to that mission and the way that you give your time and your gifts and your financial resources as well. If you want to give today, it's very easy. Go to the website, newcity.us slash give. And now will you join me in praying for our offering. Father, we just thank you so much for this mission that you have given us as a body of believers. And we ask that you give us wisdom to know how to live that mission out. And Father, as we give today, we pray that you will use these resources to reach our city, to reach our world, and also to help us to be a community who cares well for one another. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so excited to continue part four of our new City Value series, Now More Than Ever. Their fourth value, servant leadership, is our offering. So here's Chris Payne with part four. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're concluding a series entitled now more than ever. And if you're joining us for the first time, we've been in this series the last couple of weeks. It's a series about our church values. And I think you would agree with me that now more than ever, the church needs to be the church fully alive, living out its purposes in this day, in this age, right where God has planted us. So that's what this conversation is all about now more than ever, uh, being the church that God has called us to be, New City. And so if you're just joining us for the first time, there's four values that we've been talking through in this series. And today is the concluding message again on the final value. But let me just do a review. We started out with the first value of Jesus is our King. And again, you can go back and Listen to all of these messages. You can go further with the sermon study guide on the app, and I hope that you will individually as a family or as a group if you're gathering together over the summer as a group. We started with this first value, Jesus is our King. And then we looked at the second value, people are our passion. And then last week we talked about community being our design. And today we're going to finish our conversation now more than ever, this church value series with servant leadership is our offering, our, our fourth and final value. I want you to do something with me wherever you might be joining us today. I want you just right where you are, just for a couple of moments, I want you to, to, to breathe in with me. Just take a breath in and breathe out. Let's do that again. Just, just breathe in and breathe out. No, no hyperventilating, okay? There's, there's something amazing about taking in breath and exhaling breath, just the way that God made us. Sometimes throughout the day, particularly in, in, in stressful moments, um, probably now more than ever, right, as we experience a lot of difficulty and stress in our lives in various ways, 
sometimes I'll just do this with my breathing. I'll be, I'll be mindful of it. And I'll just, when I breathe in, thy will. And then when I exhale, be done. And it just, it slows me down and helps me to be mindful of the gift of breath and life. But it also is a simple prayer um, that God taught us to pray of, of thy will being done in every circumstance, in every place, in every area of my life. There's something amazing, again, a, a, about breathing, the way that God created us to take in breath and, and to breathe out uh, breath that, that we're not just meant to consume and take in. There's, there's, there's a rhythm to it. And, and just the miracle of breathing, again, the beauty of it, we, we take in oxygen, right? And it, it goes into our lungs and uh, our, 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 our blood carries that oxygen off um, to our heart and the heart actually pumps that oxygen through the blood all throughout our body to all the various cells all throughout our, our, our body carrying that needed oxygen. And then, and then the miracle of God, how he created us, that, that oxygen as it's used up by the cells is converted to carbon dioxide and, and it's carried back through the blood to your lungs and then exhaled as carbon dioxide. And then moreover, just again, the miracle of how God created us in his creation, the, uh, primarily from, from animals and humans, plants and trees, take that carbon dioxide and combine with hydrogen, it creates sugar or kind of plant food. And the, the byproduct of that, there's a lot more to it, uh, of smarter people than me could explain, but the byproduct of that whole process um, is oxygen. And, and it's just sort of this rhythm of God's creation, the, the, the ability to take in air and, and exhale it. And, and, and amazingly, moreover, as we think about this whole idea of breathing and how God created us, just this, this simple act of breathing that's a, a reflex. We don't even have to think about it. The body does it naturally. If we, if we hold our breath, if we hold on to the oxygen, you know, it, it's converted to carbon dioxide. And what happens is your brain begins to tell your body, like, something's wrong. We've got too much carbon dioxide in the body. We need more oxygen. You need, you need to exhale and we, we need to inhale oxygen. And, and conversely, if we, just, if we just take in breath and we just breathe and breathe and we're just breathing in, the body says, I, I, enough oxygen. We have to convert this into carbon dioxide and we have to, we have to breathe out. And, and again, just the, the miracle of breath, again, just take in a breath and, and, and breathe back out now, wherever you might be today. The, the, the miracle of the way that God made us is captured in this, this simple rhythm. And there's also a learning and a teaching about how God created us to, to take in his, his kingdom and his, and his mercy and his love and his grace. We, we inhale that, but we also exhale his kingdom and his mercy and his grace and his love to other people around us. We can't just take in and we, and we can't just breathe out. It's, it's a rhythm of taking in Jesus and, and, and also giving Jesus to other people through our words and, and through our actions. And again, I think you would agree with me that, that now more than ever, we need to be very mindful as a church of, of, of taking in the kingdom of God, that Jesus is our king and community is our design and people are our passion, but, but also servant leadership. There's, a, there's an exhaling of all of this, the kingdom of God to other people. And the, and the way that that happens is through our leadership as Christians. And it's not by positions, it's by serving other people. And, and so that brings us to our, our fourth and final value. This, this idea that, that servant leadership as a church is, is actually our offering. It, it's our offering to the world. It's our, it's our model that something's different about us, that, that Jesus has formed us and, and shaped us and made us in his image. The, the final verse of the psalm, psalm, psalm 150, verse 6, the final verse of the book of Psalms says that let everything that has breath 
praise the Lord. Let everything, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. This, this breath that God has given to us for as many days, as many months, as many years as he chooses to give it to us on this earth. We're meant to, to use this life, this one life, this one life that we have to live, dear brothers and sisters. We're meant to use that for his glory and for his praise. And, and one of the ways that, that we behave, if you will, that we live that out, that we, we show the world that we love Jesus and we've, we've taken in the life of Jesus into our hearts by, by his grace through our simple faith and trust is through our servant leadership. And so again, we're gonna conclude here with our fourth value. Uh, servant leadership is our offering. And if you have your scriptures today, I hope that you'll open them today with me to the book of Matthew, the first gospel in the, in the New Testament, the first book of the New Testament. I hope you'll open with me to Matthew chapter 20. And we're gonna look specifically today at verses 20 through 28. If you're following along on the app and taking some notes there, um, the, the scripture is already preloaded there for you to follow along. Matthew chapter 20. Verses 20 through 28, servant leadership is our offering. Listen to the word of God today. Then the mother of James and John, the, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons, and she knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? Jesus asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons, James and John, sit and places of honor next to you, one on your right and one on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? He's foreshadowing his crucifixion and death in our place. Oh yes, they replied, we're, we're, we're able, how naive. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup. James would become one of the first martyrs in the church and John would be exiled and suffer many things in the name of Jesus. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right and my left, Jesus tells them. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Verse 24, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, what do you think their response was? The Bible says, they were indignant. They, they were ticked off. They didn't like it. They're still jockeying for position with one another. After three plus years of following Jesus and, and Jesus making them fishers of men, they're, they're, they still don't fully get it. They're still trying to one-up one another. And Jesus says in verse 25, he calls them together and he, he uses this as he often does as a, as a teaching moment with the disciples. He calls them together and he says, you know that the rulers of this world, they, they lord it over their people. The, this, this, the, 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 the rulership and, and, and positions of authority that they have, Jesus says, they, they, they use it to lord it over the people. And officials, they, they flaunt their authority. They want everyone to know they're in charge, especially those who are, who are under them. And then listen to this, verse 26, Matthew 20. But among you, it will be the NLT version of Matthew 20, 26 says, it will be different. I love that. It's gonna be different with Christ followers. Whoever wants to be, listen to this, whoever wants to be the leader, verse 26, among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. And then finally, Jesus says, verse 28, Matthew 20, for even the son of man, he's referring to himself, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom 
for many. This is the gospel, verse 28. Jesus came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. He came not to, serve, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, as a payment, as an exchange for your life and for my life. This is the, the great exchange as it's been called. Jesus gives us his new life and we give him our old life. Some context for this wonderful passage on servant leadership being our offering as a church. Matthew 20, verses 20 through 28. Jesus had just taught in the previous chapter in Matthew 19. If you want to go back and review this week, and I hope that you will. He had just taught these same 12 disciples that they're going to rule with him and sit on 12 thrones in the kingdom of God. And the, the phrase that he actually uses in the, is the new world. Uh, and it's only used twice in the New Testament, this, this word uh, that, that's translated new world. It's used uh, in Matthew chapter 19, but it's also used in Titus 3 verse 5. And what's interesting is it's translated literally as renewal. You'll remember our purpose statement as a church is to be a community of Christ followers bringing gospel, and here's the word, renewal to our city and to our world. And so Jesus uses this word as well. And he talks about uh, to the disciples in Matthew 19 that in the future kingdom, in that renewed world known as heaven here on earth, you're going to rule with me and you're going to sit on thrones. And interestingly, in Titus chapter 3, where he uses that, uh, where that word is used this, the second time by the apostle Paul, he uses it in a present context. And that's what I love about this word renewal. And part of the reason why we chose it is because it has both a present, a now context, and a not yet, a something to come, a future context. And if I go a little bit further here with our name, New City Church, that, that, that phrase renewal or that, that idea of both the present and the future is found in our name, that, that new life is available today through the name of Jesus, that there's only one name that salvation is available through, the completed work of Jesus, that we can have an exchange life, our old self. How about this? How about this for a deal? Jesus says, I'll give you my life if you'll give me your life. What a wonderful exchange. And we, we set down our life and we take on his new life. That's the new and new city is the new life of Jesus. But there's a city to come. Oh yes, this isn't all there is. Aren't you glad for that? There's a city that God is preparing for those who love him. At Revelation 20 and 21, speak about this new Jerusalem, this new city that God is creating where there won't be any more tears. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more COVID-19. There'll be no more financial stress and pain. There'll be no more, more uh, uh, disease and, and, and misunderstandings and confusion and, and conflict and, and wars and all the things that, that groan in this creation. All of that will pass away and the new will come in this new city of God. Where we're, we will dwell with God forever. And even now we say, come Lord Jesus, come. So there's this idea in New City of the present salvation, the renewal that is, that is offered to us through the completed work of Jesus, the gospel, but also what is to come, that this isn't all there is, that there's a place, a real place that God's creating for us called heaven, where, where we will experience his, his joy and his love and we'll enjoy him forever and we'll be with him forever, the now and the, the not yet. So just again, in context, Jesus has just taught this to his disciples. 
And the response of this, as we get into chapter 20, is for James and, and John's mother to come and say, hey, I heard you talking about these thrones and, you know, ruling uh, leadership. So I just want to kind of put in a good word for my boys. Like she's, she's just being a good mom. She's taking the opportunity to advocate for her boys. And could you just give them the place of honor among the 12 and let them sit on your left and on your, your right? And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Because in order for that to happen, number one, only the father knows, but you're going to have to drink of a very bitter cup. And they say, oh yeah, no, piece of cake, that's fine. We just want to sit in the places of honor. And Jesus, again, uses this as a teachable moment to say, no, 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 guys, 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 you, you, you've, you've missed this. If you've understood the kingdom of God, if you've understood being a Christ follower of following me as, as jockeying for position and that leadership is something that you're, you're grabbing a position and lording it over other people, you've missed it. And he says to them, as he calls them together, that the rulers of this world, that's what they do. They chase after position and they flaunt it and they lord it over people. But it's going to be different with you. It's going to be different with you, verses 25 and 26a. Life and leadership should look different for Christ followers, right? We don't flaunt our authority over people. We don't, we don't lord it over people. We're going to be different Verse 26 here. You know, so often me takes the place of mission. And aren't we all guilty of that? That, that me can come above we. Me can come above what, what God wants in his mission for my life and for his, his mission uh, in my life with other people. My, my servant leadership that's meant to be given to other people. And aren't, aren't we all uh, guilty of sometimes grabbing on and bringing it close and making it about me and not about the mission of, of Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying, that authority, the way the world understands this, authority comes with a title, but, but, but leadership, true leadership, true influence comes with trust, not a title. It's built over time. You know, you know trust is built in two ways, right? When I, when I do premarital counseling with couples, I, I often say, you know, it's, it's about building trust in this, this relationship with one another. And trust is built in two ways. And this is true in any relationship, right? It's doing the right thing, which we need grace because we're not always going to get it right. But it's doing the right thing, the godly thing, and doing the godly right thing over time. And oftentimes we forget that second one, right? It's doing the, the godly thing, the right thing, and doing it over time. You can trust me. And, and when I mess up, I'll say I messed up. And that's what grace is for and forgiveness. And aren't you glad God gives that to us abundantly? Maybe you need that today as a parent. Maybe you need that today uh, as a husband, as a, as a wife, as a, as a son, as a daughter, as a, in, in a friendship, uh, as, a, as, a, as a boss, as an employee. Maybe, maybe you need that word today forgiveness and grace, but also I'm going to commit to doing the godly thing and I'm going to commit to doing it over time. Jesus says, this is, this is what will make you different, is that you're not lording it over people or jockeying for position, that you're, you're, you're as Andy Stanley says, it's a, it's a race to the back of the line. It's a race to serve and not to, to be served. It'll be different. The world is running ahead. The world says me, 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 but as Christ followers, we're meant to say mission, mission, mission. And how can I serve and not be served? It's going to be different. The way that we, we live and the way that we lead should cause people to know that something is different, the life of Jesus in us. But Jesus continues, he says, whoever wants to be a leader, the, the ESV uh, says, whoever wants to be great 
among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Now the word slave there at the end of verse uh, 26 is the word doulos in the Greek. Doulos is translated as, as servant or bond servant. It's actually a, a word that's an umbrella word for a lot of different relationships. And in first century culture, there were indentured servants, there were, there were paid servants, there were unpaid slaves, there were servants to the Roman Empire that would uh, serve in seven and 14 year increments. There were all kinds of different uh, servitude relationships. And, and, and when you read this in context, Jesus, I just want to be clear, is not at all normalizing or condoning slavery or that type of relationship. And if, and, if, and if you would use a passage like this, as maybe some have in history or other passages, you're missing the entire point completely. Actually, what's happening is Jesus is not normalizing or condoning at all. Rather, he's looking at an overlooked, marginalized group of people, and he's trying to show his disciples, demonstrate to them that, that, that they will be elevated in his kingdom, in his kingdom way of Life, not overlooked or overshadowed or marginalized, but actually exalted and elevated. If you want to be great, Jesus says, you got to learn how to serve. And that's his word to us today. If you want to be great at anything, be great at serving other people. You want to be a great husband, be the greatest servant in your house. You want to be a great mom, be the greatest servant in your house. You want to, you want to be a great son, a great daughter. You want to be a great boss? Be the greatest servant in your home, in your company, in your neighborhood, in your church. Be the greatest servant at all. Not for attention, because, but, but because you've taken in so much grace and love and you've been served by Jesus and others that you can't help but exhale now and serve other people through your acts of love and kindness and servitude. Later that week, as Jesus is continuing to to, to teach, he, he says, uh, finally, an exclam exclamation park, uh, point in, in, this, in this teaching. In verse 28, uh, he, he says to his disciples uh, in that moment, you know, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, verse 28. Again, this is kind of the exclamation mark of, of the whole teaching. Uh, in, in a nutshell, uh, Matthew 20, verse 28 Jesus says, I, I came not to, to be served by you. E even though if, if there was one who came into this world and was worthy of being served, isn't it Jesus? Jesus says, yet I didn't come to be served by you. I, I came with a mission to serve. And then he continues, and here's the gospel, and to give my life as a ransom for many, for you and for me. Here's the gospel. Through the person and the work of Jesus Christ, God has fully accomplished salvation for each and every one of us. That's what Jesus is saying. The great exchange, your life for my life. And aren't you glad for that? Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, to give. For God so loved the world that he grabbed everything he could and took it for himself. No. For God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave. That he didn't just take. No, 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 he gave and he gave and he gave. I came to give my life as a ransom for many, the gospel of Jesus. And Jesus now becomes our primary example of servant leadership, don't you see? Jesus is, is saying, if you, if you want, a, want an example of what it means to be a servant leader and to, to give that as an offering uh, to your city, to your world, to the, to the community around you, to your family, to your business, if you want an example, look at my life. Look at how I chose to live, and it is a choice to serve. 
And Jesus will pay the price for many. He'll, he'll give his life in the place of others in this great substitute, substitution. And later that week, you'll remember that, that this is just the prelude, right, to Passion Week. We talk about people are our passion. People were the passion of Jesus. And in Passion Week, where he ultimately suffered for people that he loved, later on that week, on the, the final night with his disciples, what does he do to model this servant leadership? The Bible says in John 13 that he uh, uh, gets up from supper and he takes off his outer garments and he, he, he wraps a, a towel around his waist. And he takes a basin and he fills it with water and he begins to, to wash the disciples' dirty, stinky feet, modeling for them what leadership really is, that the greatest must become the least and the least will be elevated as the greatest in the kingdom of God. And the disciples begin to refuse it. You can't wash my, my feet, specifically Peter, John 13. You can't wash my feet or wash all of me. And Jesus says, don't you understand, Peter? Don't you understand, Chris? Don't you understand that I, that, I, that I did this as an example for you, Jesus says in John 13, that you should follow and you should do likewise with others. In other words, what Jesus is saying is servant leadership. This is what leadership really looks like is to serve other people. And servant leadership is our offering as Jesus' followers, it is our offering. It is the way that we exhale on the world, his grace and his love and his kingdom way of life. Each of our New City Values has a, a corresponding picture you'll notice as we've worked throughout this series. And so these, these phrases and these pictures are meant to remind us of, of these, these important values for our whole church family, these, these behaviors Again, Jesus being our king, that's, that's the first value and the primary value. Everything begins and ends with the kingship of Jesus. And so we've put a crown there. People are our passion, the heartbeat, the passion of Jesus was people and it should be our passion too, other people. And then community is our design. We were, we were wired up to live with one another. I love what the apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 13 and 14. You, you know, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But many of us don't know verse 14 where Paul says, yet it was really kind of you to share in my troubles, my struggles, my hurts, my confusion, my pain, my sickness. It was really kind of you to share in it with me. In other words, I know I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, but it was really kind for Jesus to give us the gift of brothers and sisters to walk through this world that's dark and can be lonely and disappointing that we have the gift of one another. Community is our design. And then finally, servant leadership is our offering. Community our design is those, those circles, remember we talked about? But then we, we finally conclude and appropriately from John 13, that, that picture of a towel in a basin. Servant leadership is our offering, this fourth and final behavior, value for New City Church. Now more than ever, New City, we need to be God's church, not our church, God's church fully alive. Not perfect, because as long as the church is full of people, and that's what the church is, is the people of God, it will never be perfect. That's not the standard. But what God's asking us to, to be is present, to be, to be present and to be fully alive into the purposes that he's called us to. And, and our prayer, our simple prayer together today is that these four values, these four phrases, these four pictures will serve as a reminder 
will, will serve as a, as a way to encourage us and guide us as a church in the, the weeks and months and years to come, that, that this is what God's called us to. This is how we live out our purpose here on earth now more than ever. To Christ alone be the glory today. Would you join me in prayer? Father, today we we breathe in your love and your grace and your mercy. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We're so grateful for that. We breathe in your steadfast, hesed love. And we breathe out, Father, that same steadfast, Hesed, faithful, enduring love to the people that you've put closest to us. In our family, in our church, in our city, in our world. Father, thy will be done. Help us to be your church fully alive. May you cement these values as behaviors. May it start in our hearts and work through our hands. Give us the courage today as, new, as the New City family. Give us, give us the courage to live out these values now more than ever. We pray it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, New City. I hope you'll join us next week as we continue worshiping together. And I hope you'll stay online for just a couple of more moments as our online hosts want to talk to you about some ways to go further here at New City. If you're able today, would you extend your hands for a blessing as we go? Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and your family. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his attention towards you. And may the Lord today and always fill you with his peace and his mercy, and his love. And may we share that with other people. To Christ be the glory. Amen. We love you, New City. I love that value. Servant leadership is our offering. And a great example of that this past week was you, New City family. We had a city partner reach out to us with an urgent need for volunteers. And 37 of you stepped up to help fill out 169 grant applications for rent and overdue utilities due to the COVID-19 crisis. Great job. If you're looking for ways to serve like that one, you can email us, pastor at newcity.us, or go to our website, newcity.us slash serve now. And if you're new with us today, we wanna welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us. And we wanna get connected to you. And one of the best ways to do that is to go to our website, newcity.us slash connect. You can fill out a connect form. One of us will contact you this week to say hello and get to know you a little bit. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today, New City family. Have a great week.